habitual with you. What? What is? What is? What is? What is? What is? All, this all every every week now. It's what? like four thirty. I say four thirty. You say fine. I say I'll be there at four thirty. You say I'm having issues. <laughs> it's not habitual. It's, it's happened, habitual. It's happened before. I will admit that. But it's not habitual. This has been like I think the last two times we just got on and did it was there were no Look, issues at all. Sometimes you're the first guy to see the habit forming and you call it out. <laughs> And it's easy for the habitor. Ah, rhymes with saboteur. You see? <laughs> it's easy for the habitor to be like, that's not a habit. That's a couple of times. It's a couple of times very recently stacking up. I just feel like as a friend, I need to call it to your attention. Is this an intervention? Is that you what may we're be, having here? You may just be playing a little fast and loose with my time. <laughs> that's all I'm saying to you. I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> I try very hard to respect your time and everyone's time. I'm very conscious of that at all times. So all right. I apologize if the technical difficulties have uh, ruined your day. What is this? What is that? What you... I love it. I'm feasting on this. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> but sometimes there's nothing I can do about it. I was up here with every intention of being ready. I was working through... You know, and then things just things just happened. My laptop wouldn't cooperate. Zoom was crashing. Blah blah. You know, I can't do anything about that. I mean, you know, you could you know you could do a pre run. You could do a test in the morning. You could make sure everything's up and running. I'm just saying, if you cared, <laughs> there's a way to handle it. <laughs> Mister Laissez Faire saunters into the room. Four four twenty five for a four thirty go. <laughs> Suddenly something goes wrong. Where am I? Staring at my computer. <laughs> It's not fair to me, <laughs> and it's not fair to the people, because this is the me they get. <laughs> but you, you weren't like this at all before we turned on the microphones. You were perfectly well, fine. Well, I needed to bring it to a public forum, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm awfully glad you did. <laughs> no, you're working, you, you do very good. You're working very hard. <laughs> Thank you. That's... But, what we're here we, for? What? But what? What? Yeah. What? What are we here for? We're here today. We're doing a schlepisode. We're uh, really? Yeah. We still do these two. Yeah. <laughs> Soon this will be all we're doing. Really? Oh, uh, right. A style right. of. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So get used to it. If I could get you to sign off on any one of the brilliant names I've been suggesting. <laughs> For the great rebranding. I just can't decide yet. I'm t my mind isn't ready to pick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I, I, I've been working all week really hard, and I've just been in, in that world, and, I, you know, it's hard for me to break out of that sometimes. All right. Well, we're, we're all very excited for you to focus in when you have the time and the headspace. <laughs> we're all very excited. Do you remember how you used to, f used to do brain flushes before performances and so forth? I do remember that. You remember yeah. this? Do you still do anything like that? I haven't done a brain flush for a while. I probably well, should. Before buddy, we do one of these, I should do one, actually. I'm going to ask you to find a spot on the wall right now. <laughs> I should do one right now. <laughs> That's how you do it, right? You just focus in on a spot on the wall. What I used to do, what you I, lock in on it. Yeah, you can do that. That works. What we used to, what I used to do was, uh, you try to do this exercise where you disconnect. It's kind of like doing a podcast. You disconnect your brain from your mouth, and you just, <laughs> you just keep, you just keep saying something, and you try to speak, 
and just uh, you just try to get to the point where your mouth is still talking, but you can you can think about other things in your head, and you're not thinking about what your mouth is saying, and you you just go your mind goes blank, and you just keep on talking and talking and talking, and no one really is listening. No one's listening. I mean, no one's listening what you're saying. No one's paying attention. You're all alone. You're all alone in your own space. You're in your headspace, and you're speaking. You're repeating words, and you're just saying things. You're just trying. You're to keep repeating your mouth, words. Definitely doing that. Yeah. You're trying to keep your mouth moving, and just let your brain relax and forget about everything. Uh huh. And that's what I used to do. Uh, point of order. Yeah. A, I think that says more about the way you podcast than podcasts in general. <laughs> A. Fair. B, however you need to get there, but like, you know, set aside enough time for it so I'm not waiting on you. <laughs> I do think a brain flush is a positive thing for your life. I probably do need one. It's been a long time. Yeah, there's a it's lot. It's basically of s- Bill's odd version of meditating. That's right. There's yeah. a, there's a lot and of stuff. Little, a little TM does the body good. That's right. There's a lot of stuff up in there that probably needs to be flushed. You know what I mean? There's a lot of backed up goo in my. Oh, brain. you got some flushing. What? Yeah. <laughs> you got some needs. <laughs> some flushing needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. We got some buildup back here. I got to call cranium rooter. And away your troubles down the drain. Cranium Rooter. <laughs> remember? Remember? No. And that was Roto Rooter? That's right. That was Roto Rooter. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do remember yeah, Roto Rooter. Yeah. But anyway, what we're here for in this episode uh, is we're going to talk about m- good movies that were ruined by bad sequels. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? And the reason. Uh, well. What? No? What? I mean. Good, good movies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mine might not fit that criteria necessarily. That's okay. But I liked them. There you go. And then the sequel ruined the world for me. Okay, that's good. Cause, and the reason okay. we're doing it is because what we've essentially done with this podcast, we've made a terrible sequel out of what is essentially a really good movie or a movie oh, yeah, that that's we a really nice illusion. like. Yeah, well done, buddy. Well, that was the whole point. Of the... Well, I'm, well, I'm saying it's a nice illusion. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're drawing a nice illusion. Yeah. So uh, since we've done it, we feel like we should probably point out some others to show that, you know, we haven't done anything special here. No, but what we have done is something on on par with several of these films <laughs> that are on my list. <laughs> That's right. Maybe what we've done is even better than some of these terrible sequels that we're going to run That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, would be, yeah. that would be sweet. It's it's a it's a pile of garbage. These five films that I have selected as bad sequels—they're they're some of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, I, I have some terrible ones on my list as well. And yeah. It's a, it's so, like I was saying to Bill uh, before we got going, there's no arguments to be had here. <laughs> Everybody's going to agree 100% that this is a garbage pile of dung heap of movies. So you might want to get like a neck brace ready. Because you're going to yeah. be nodding so hard. You're going to nod off a bit. You're going to be nodding like George Arano in the coffee shop. <laughs> well, right? that's... Yeah, right. There's going to be a lot of agreement. That's right. Is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I see. Yeah. So uh, so let's jump in, shall we? Yeah, I don't see why not. All right, good. Do you want to go first or would you rather I went first? Uh, I don't want the option. I just want you to tell me what you want. All right, I'm going first then. Sweet. Uh, I'm going anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start with a classic one. Okay. Like one of the all time classic one of these things. And I'm going back to 1975. 75. And when I say jump in, we're literally going to jump in. And there may be something in there you don't want to be jumping in 
too because it might eat you. And I'm talking, of course, about the big blockbuster movie from the summer of 75, Jaws. Jaws. Jaws, which is a great movie. I love it. I know you don't love it as much as I do. No, but I do love it. Yeah. It's it's a fun romp. It is. <laughs> and and it's... <laughs> the the origin of the summer blockbuster. Right. And it, it really is... A, the direction is really great. You know, I mean, it really... The way that it was... All the bad production that happened on it with the shark and everything else and the way that, that Spielberg worked around all these problems to make a really good movie, I think is very impressive. Yeah. And then they decided in 1978 to make a little film called Jaws 2. Which, which is as terrible as you can imagine that it is. Uh, it was, it, if it, it did bring back some of the original cast. Roy Scheider came back to play Sheriff Brody again, or Chief. You got to get Sheriff Brody back there. Chief Brody, yeah, yeah. And Murray Hamilton is back to play the scuzzy mayor, uh, and he's great. And then Lorraine Gray also came back to play Mrs. Brody. And John Williams returned to do the music, which is like fifty percent of Jaws, right? Right. And like the original film, the production of Jaws 2 was, uh, had a lot of problems. The first director was fired because he didn't seem to be able to direct an, an action film and was replaced by a guy named Jeannot Jouark. Jouark? They got Jouark on the project? <laughs> they totally Jouarked it up. Jouarky. <laughs> <laughs> and Jouark uh, it did a lot of TV stuff. He did like Kojak and the Rockford Files. Uh, a ton, like you name it, t- Mash. I mean, he did like so many big. That's TV some shows. golden era shit. Yeah, absolutely. And he did some some movies. Uh, the best of the ones probably is called uh, Somewhere in Time. Do you know that one with Christopher Reeve and? Can't say I do. No, oh, it's a it's a romantic like time traveling movie. Ooh, with, yeah, with Christopher Reeve. Um, is Christopher Reeve in a cable knit sweater. Oh, you know it. Yeah. In in the in the present, but then he goes back in time and he puts on like one of those you know waistcoats and some <laughs> tight riding pants and that kind of thing. You know, it's well, Christopher Reeve in a sweater was a gift. So <laughs> in the present, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But it's uh, it's a, a fairly popular movie. A lot. I don't know the, that one. Yeah, among, the ladies love it because it is like a very romantic uh, love story. And then he did Supergirl, the movie. You remember that big hit? No, <laughs> no. No, I no, don't. It does no, and of course, Sla- Santa Claus the movie. Oh, <laughs> because Santa Claus the myth wasn't enough. We had to have a movie about it. <laughs> and this guy, sh- sorry, go ahead. What, what 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 Santa Claus movie was that? It's, That's not the Tim Allen one. No, not the Santa Claus. Oh, okay, this one is literally called Santa Claus the movie. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. It's from the eighties, and it's pretty much garbage. Cool. And uh, Jouark is actually still alive and still working. He's been doing like a lot of Grey's Anatomy episodes recently. Really? Yeah. So good on him. Huh. I know. It's very surprising. And at the time Jaws 2 came out, it was briefly the highest grossing sequel in history, which is kind of hard to believe. That is. That really is. It really is. But I guess Jaws was such a, a, a draw that people went right on back for Jaws 2 thinking it would be yeah. just as good. Maybe it was also the origin of the slap the same title on it for the money grab. Yeah, exactly. Situation. And it, it was only uh, beaten for best se- or for highest grossing sequel uh, when in 1979, Rocky II appeared on the scene. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, that's just a better series of films. Right. <laughs> 
But Jaws 2 did bring us the famous tagline on the poster, just when you thought it just was safe it, to I go back in the water. I was going to ask you if yeah. that, yeah. yeah. That's the one. Ask you. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably the only good thing that came out of Jaws 2. Unfortunate. Yeah, although it is generally considered to be the best of the Jaws sequels, <laughs> making it much better than both Jaws 3D, which came out in 1983. Steaming pile of horseshit. That's right. And even worse, Jaws the Revenge in, oh, in 1987. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> 87, wow. yeah. So between 75 and 87, there were four Jaws movies. And there was about it? one good one. In the bunch. Don't you, you feel like uh, Jwark? It sounds a lot like shark, doesn't it? Oh, that's good. That's, that's like nominative determinism. Oh, my God, it is. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Well, spell it. S-Z-W-A-R-C. Yeah, that's the old killer Jwark. <laughs> the great the white, great white <laughs> Jwark. The great white Jwark. The man-eating Jwark. <laughs> Think about Jwark as he never stops moving. <laughs> he's always just, he's always up. He's after it. He's getting after it. The only thing I don't like about him is he smiles at you with those three rows of teeth. And it's really, <laughs> it's really gross. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Yeah. But Jaws, and I still, you know, Jaws is still a great movie. And it was still beloved for me. So I guess the sequels didn't really ruin it for me because I can just skip all the sequels and just love the original right. still. Of course. And that's the way I prefer to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, that's great, buddy. Thanks. Uh, my first on the list is uh, RoboCop 3. <laughs> okay. This thing ri- literally ruined the world for me. Like, I was a huge RoboCop kid. Uh huh. I thought RoboCop, and even RoboCop 2 was good. RoboCop 3 was just inane. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. Why? And the people know it. People know it. It got 6%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah, there you go. And uh, Fred Fred Decker, the director, uh, has said over and over again he knew it was garbage while he was working on it. And you know it begs the question. But I guess you know, three squares a day and a roof over your head. You know. <laughs> now, did he direct the other ones as well, or was this like no, a new guy? No, new just, guy coming no, in. I think everyone was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> RoboCop 3? So did the original cast come back for RoboCop 3? Well, we'll get into that. Oh, but, okay. the, I mean, the, the most important guy did not come back. So, oh, well, there you go. Do, but I think I, I think we know that Weller was like, this is a garbage script. If you if there was something good, I would consider this. Right. Um, but Ebert has was quoted as saying about this film, and I think it, this uh, holds true of all the films on my list and probably on yours, quote, there is a certain weariness that begins to infect sequels after a time. <laughs> 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 and that is what we definitely had here with RoboCop 3. Yeah. Uh, he goes on in that same review to say, uh, RoboCop 3 is once again set in Detroit, where despite the achievements chronicled in RoboCop and RoboCop 2, things are worse than ever. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a great point, though. Like, you know, right. if, if we have RoboCops, things should be yeah. getting better, right? I mean, who's going to fight with a RoboCop? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but, you know, as RoboCop teaches us, it, we, it can't, you just can't have RoboCops. <laughs> That's not something you can have, buddy. <laughs> and yet, they tried three times to have it. I know, you, but you might want it, but you can't have it. <laughs> it does not work. <laughs> Uh, Ebert says, finally, obviously uh, made to squeeze a few bucks out of a dying franchise. Yep. 
which is sad. It is sad. RoboCop 3 was the first RoboCop film to be rated PG-13, and you know, that's the kind of a killer. Yeah, that is. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of people that won't go. We're like, wait, it's not even rated R? It's a RoboCop movie. Like, where's the blood and the decapitations and shit? Right, like, right, right. That's what I come to a RoboCop movie for. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Nancy Allen, who stars in the film, agreed to reprise her role as Anne Lewis if her character were to, quote, be killed off for sure in the first half of the film. <laughs> I, I have to pause you here because Nancy Allen is one of my favorite actresses. I love She's her. She's really great, right? Oh, I love her so much. She's in a lot of Brian De Palma films and the RoboCop films. I just, I, I think she's fantastic. She is fantastic, yeah. but she did not want to, she couldn't do the full time on that one. Well, I mean, come on. She, <laughs> she's not going to waste her time on RoboCop 3, right? I mean, she's a talented, no, of course, of course. beautiful, wonderful actress. Director Fred Decker voiced his opinion about the finished product years later. He said that while he maintains he had a great time making the film and is still pleased with the result, he admitted that there were inherent problems with the film as well as limitations in its production. He felt that one of those problems was that Murphy, or RoboCop's personal journey, had already been kind of wrapped up in the first movie. Well, there you go. Leaving little more for him to do than, quote, fight bad guys in some sequels. <laughs> And there you go. Which is absolutely true. It's an arc in and of itself. And then after that arc, you have to kind of recreate it and it just gets muddier and muddier. And it's garbage. That's a garbage sequel. Well, I think that's a problem with a lot of sequels, right? Is you you, you put a bow on that beautiful story in the the original one. And and no one's dying to know what happens next. You know what I mean? Like there there shouldn't be any what happens next because you just finished the story. The character did its thing. Like, you know, this is a perfect example. And I think it's in... A lot of bad sequels where we no one asked for this, you know. No one, <laughs> no one wanted this. To no go one on. asked for this. No, no one is asking. What the you. fuck are you doing? <laughs> it was done. Hey, it nobody was asked fine. for this. Did you ask for this? <laughs> you gave me two beautiful hours, and it was great. What are you now? You're giving me this. I don't want this. You well, know? this kind of goes hand in hand with the theory I have, which is that I think sequels going forward will mostly be from this point forward, prequels or exploded world ideas as opposed to the continuing stories of fucking RoboCop. Right, right. I think that... You know, because you, tr- you do try to tie up that story. Yeah, I think... And um, prequels seem to work so much better. You're right. And I think people... I think that we have kind of come around a corner with all the Marvel movies and the superhero movies that are thought of from the beginning, like a, a, a studio acquires an intellectual property and instead of saying, oh, we got we to gotta quick make a movie about this one thing, they instead say, how do we make 12 movies out of this one thing, right? So it's like Harry Potter, right. we're going to juice this for six movies. Sure. You know, uh, Batman, we're going to make three movies out of that and then three more right. and whatever. Right, right. So I think people do, but I think they plan it out more today than they yeah. did in the past. Yes, but before it just had to be a hit, and then they scrambled to make a franchise out of it. Right, exactly. Now you're now the ideas start as a franchise. That's right, because they know (laughs) it's kind of weird. Because like before, I think they were waiting to see if it was a hit, if it was a hit, like you said, and then they'd have the the coin to to justify making another one. Whereas pour some back into the machine. Yeah. Whereas today they're saying we can we we know we can sell this even if the first one isn't good. Right. You know, we, we, we can still make money off it, even if the first one's not quite up to par. We'll make three more, and we'll, we'll make our money back. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Which is crazy. <laughs> it is totally crazy. Especially when you're talking about, like, making a $100 million, you know, superhero movie. Right. 
Exactly. Unbelievable. So there you go. That's RoboCop 3. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Shout out to Ebert. <clears throat> yeah. He really took the gloves off. <laughs> he was good with those. He, <laughs> yeah, he was. There's nothing better than when Ebert hated a movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That was I like, mean, he, yeah, he, he was pretty clever. Yeah. He was pretty clever. <laughs> he was. All right. My uh, next one, I'm sure Ebert also hated. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm coming forward in history one year from 1975 to 1976, Zumbo. 1976. All the way up to 76? Yes. I was a young child at that time. As was I, a three-year-old trying to kick the footies out of my pajamas. <laughs> I was nine, and I was uh, you know, playing Little League Baseball, and I was struck by a beautiful movie in 1976 called The Bad News Bears. Oh. It's a great movie, right? Oh, that's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. And and I, I love it to this day, and I appreciate it much more today than I did when I was a kid because I understand, I guess I, I, I associate more now with the Walter Matthau character sure. as opposed to when I was a kid and I was looking at the kids. Right. And it's just a beautiful movie. I mean, it's so, uh, the script is so great. The characters are all very uh, three-dimensional. You know, Walter Matthau's an alcoholic guy who doesn't want to be coaching these little league kids and then you know he, he decide he kind of falls in love with them and decides to build the team and then he goes too far right. and just wants to win at all costs and then he learns that you can't do that and he should let all the kids play no matter whether they win or lose and it's just so good and the and the the opera music and the classical music with the baseball playing it's all just so lovely yeah. I just really love this movie. And it is a beautiful movie. It, it really is and it's it's got lots of levels to it. I mean it's not just like a you know, silly sports movie with kids running around. It's it's a legitimately good movie. No doubt. And so the following year in 1977, they decided to take that great movie and turn it into uh, two terrible movies. <laughs> and the first of the of the sequels was called The Bad News Bears in Breaking Training. Right. You remember right. that? Yeah. I, I do remember that. Yeah. And first of all, it's a terrible title. I mean. It, in Breaking Training. <laughs> right. Like I don't even understand the breaking training about? part. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like I know they say at the end of training camp, they say, "Oh, we're breaking training camp," right? You know, for like spring training, breaking spring training. I guess sure, sure, breaking training. Yeah, but it doesn't. It, I don't know. I find it makes absolutely no sense. And in the the movie is it's it's horrible. But I think yeah. what they're saying is the movie is called Breaking Training. The bad news bears in, and the bad news bears are in it. Right, exactly. So fucking stupid. <laughs> it's a terrible title. <laughs> and it's a terrible movie. So in in that sequel, you got no Walter Matthau. You got no... Uh, yeah, you got... What do you get? A Devane? <laughs> absolutely right. Instead of a Matthau? Yes. Which is... <laughs> which is Talk about a downgrade. <laughs> no one ever said, I'll trade you a Devane for a Matthau, and, and nobody ever agreed to that. No one would ever agree to that. No one would. <laughs> yeah, William Devane is one of those actors that I cannot stand. Like, Yeah, he's the worst. I, like, he's not necessarily like a bad actor, but he's just nothing. You know what I mean? He's just a bunch of teeth. And he's not, mostly nothing. Yeah, he's just, I mean, I don't understand what good he is at all in anything. <laughs> I think his best his best movie is probably uh, The Marathon Man. I think that's right. probably his best right. performance. But everything else, he's just awful. I mean, he just, I can't stand him. And in this movie, uh, they because they didn't have Walter Matthau and they didn't have Tatum O'Neill, right? Right. They decided to make the movie about the other most interesting character from the original and that's of course kelly leak kelly leak jackie earl haley that's right the great jackie earl haley who yeah. plays the uh the the thug with a heart of gold kind of that's right you know. 
And um, so in this movie, the, the 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 plot is that the Bad News Bears win the uh, Little League Championship in the state of California, and then they're invited to go play the champions of the Texas Little League in the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. And back then, that was like the Astrodome was like the new, you know, that's yeah, it was a state big of the art, yeah, place at the time. Um, but th- to me, like the whole premise is flawed, right? Because the whole point of the Bad News Bears wasn't that they were good. You know what I mean? Like, so and now here we are in the next movie. All of a sudden, they've just won the state championship. <laughs> they have one right. good kid on their team. <laughs> right. They lost Tatum right. O'Neill. Sure. They replaced her with uh, uh, Scott Bayo's little brother. Was it Jimmy Bayo or whatever his Jimmy name was? Bayo. Jimmy Bayo, who played like <laughs> who played like the stereotypical Italian kid. You know what yeah, I mean? He's like Chachi Light. Right. Yeah, he's like Joey Capicola or whatever his name is. Right. You know, right. Right. You know, uh, 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 Tony Hoagie, yeah, t- <laughs> Al Dente, whatever his name is. You know, in the movie, and uh, so it, it, you know, it, it's just terrible. And and so the story in this one is the Jackie Earl Haley uh, somehow on on their road trip to Houston, like finds his uh, estranged father, played by William Devane. And talks him into coaching the team. And, of course, then their relationship is rekindled and blah, 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 blah. Right, right, right. Just terrible. I mean, it is just terrible. It, Garbage. It is. And, the, the you know, most of the kids from the team, like the, the, the minor characters who play the kids in the movie, are back. But what's not back is any of the charm or depth of their characters. <laughs> sure. Now they're just stereotypes and, you know, sure. it's just dumb. Yeah. And then they went on to make an even worse sequel to that one. The following year, in 1978, do you remember Bad News Bears Go to Japan? Oh, boy. (laughs) I do. Another movie I watched a lot as a kid. And uh, in this one, they they trot out old Tony Curtis. They drag him out of retirement (laughs) to to play the coach of the team. Jesus. (laughs) It's just dreadful. Jesus. Yeah, it is horrible. Uh, And thankfully, they stopped there, except they did make a, a reboot if you remember, with Billy Bob Thornton. I do remember that. I yeah, didn't see it. But. No, I didn't either. Why would you? In 2005. And I'll give you the Rotten Tomatoes scores for the four films, okay? So the original gets a 96%. That's positive. 96% good on Yeah, that's a lot. On yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. High rating, right. yeah. The sequel, Breaking Training, goes down to 50%. Bad News Bears Go to, to Japan drops it down to 0%. 0%? Yeah. <laughs> And then the reboot got 48%, which is even worse than the score for Brad News Bears and Breaking Training, which tells you how good that I, was. Yeah. I don't, and what, what the hell? I know. It's a shame. It leaves Bill and Matt in disbelief. It's such a shame because the you know if they had just stopped with the original one, we all would have been okay. Just let it lie. Yeah, exactly. Let but it no, lie. Yeah. But they had to go for the home run and they struck out. Oh, see what I did there? Oh, yeah, the home run. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Spaulding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's a good one, buddy. That's good. You all wrapped up on that? Anything yeah, I else am. to say on that? Wrapped. 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 Wrapped it. 
All right. Well, my uh, next one on my list is the uh, the Matrix Reloaded slash Revolution. So I'm taking the both of the sequels. Hey, we have crossover. Whoop, oh yeah. Whoop 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 whoop. I had no idea this would be on your list. I didn't That's either. Amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I, I'm uh, I'm not surprised, but uh, I am glad that we agree on one. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Um, so I guess we'll just handle this one together. Go for it. You started off. You, yeah, yeah. So it got we got a thirty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> for Revolutions. That's where that stat comes from. Reloaded wasn't much better. That's the third one is Revolutions. That's right. Yeah. Reloaded was the second. Yeah. The, the title. The, can we talk about the titles? <laughs> please, please. They're dreadful. I mean, the rate Reloaded is just the most generic title they like it's did, yeah. was there any a, effort put into that at all semi adjacent to computers so i guess i mean re- i mean yeah I'm, but i'm saying i you know i hear you I, I agree with you it's garbage rebooted might have been more uh, appropriate but I, yeah i think but then there's already a term for rebooting in movies it's yeah it's yeah exactly weird. yeah it is and I, and I don't know if it also refers to you know one of the famous things about the matrix is the the bullet time shooting. oh i'm sure it is the gun yeah the and, gun and the we see to it, a million sure. a million rounds falling out of guns in slow motion and that kind of thing <laughs> right that's right yeah. yeah so maybe it was that and then revolutions makes absolutely no sense like i know there's a revolution in it like the, the people are trying to have a revolution against the machines right but it, it still is just a uh, weak right weak shit and they they and the, the reason i lumped these two together is cuz they made them at the same time they came out like really close together oh yeah in the same year now that i look at it you're right yeah yeah and and they it was like 6 months or so it was some kind of crazy thing it was may uh one came out in may and one came out in november there you go yeah. uh and uh, people were crazy excited because the matrix was so fucking good right like so good it was really great um, and it did actually it did hint at a sequel you know that's the one thing we'll say about the end of that movie is even though it wrapped up that particular story it does give you sort of a hanging ending yeah. that Neo is flying off to like do other really cool stuff he's coming after the machines at the end of that movie essentially exactly yeah um, but yeah so uh, was it the the Wykowski brothers at the time now sisters right right are responsible for these two garbage heaps of, of film <laughs> making. I have, um, I have the, it, the one of these movies contains a thing that I've used as a reference point to compare other things like it throughout the years. The Matrix Reloaded has the Zion dance celebration scene in it. Do you remember this thing? I sure do. It's awful. That's there's the moment when I was watching it that I was like, oh. <laughs> fuck <laughs> it was like it was my red pill that dance scene <laughs> was my red pill i the, all the charm went away any hint at the story being important or the movie making being good went away completely yeah 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 and from that moment in that movie through the end of the third film i was like this is garbage <laughs> i think you nailed it i think that is the exact point where the whole seek the whole series takes a, uh, the wrong turn you know yeah 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 i i agree with you that that is yeah it's uh ugh, ugh. yeah that whole sequence it's is really just... it's really cringy especially today but even then i thought yeah that sequence is particularly bad for sure yeah yeah and it goes on, and it's just like MTV dance party. In slow motion, you, though. Like, why am I watching yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, and it's all like in slow-mo, and there's, 
you know, romantic. Stroby slow-mo. Yeah, it's stroby slow-mo. Romantic <laughs> cuts back and forth and people are doing drugs and whatever. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Oh, it's just awful. Stroby slow-mo sounds like the guy that the mob has cleaning up in the back. <laughs> No, you ain't all right, Stroby Slomo. <laughs> what am I? I can't get a drink. <laughs> no, you, no, you ain't all right, Stroby Slomo. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stroby Slomo. <laughs> yeah, it, that's garbage. That's garbage. Totally. Uh, I have a couple of things that I saw that people had written about this throughout the year this, that made me laugh. Okay, let's have them, if you don't mind. Please. Uh, Desson Thompson of the Washington Post wrote. The Wachowski brothers have rendered their chronicle into banality as if trying to imitate the qualitative tailspin of the Star Wars series. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I was like, damn. <laughs> and I knew you would like that. <laughs> um, not, not in my memory has a film ever been filled with such a succession of ejaculatory FX shots that cover any semblance of story in goo. <laughs> That was Daniel Schweiger. Wow. I don't remember those scenes particularly, but okay. <laughs> I think they were right after the dance scene. They must have been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Andrew Manning said on Radio Free Entertainment, a ferociously disappointing and inept conclusion to a trilogy that began with such a bang. And I think that's the real point here. Yeah, for sure. It, the Matrix was such a great movie. It really was. You know, it meant so much at the time even, like... We should all be trying to wake up out of this. Yeah, and it's still relevant. You know, the whole it idea is still very of the Matrix yeah. is still relevant. And it is amazing how f- how far they went to ruin it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Like they took every every pain to uh, extrapolate the universe to the point where it lost all of its magic. Agreed. You know, uh, th- to me, the, 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 to me, I think where they lost me was the scene when, uh, and this is in Reloaded, the scene when Neo goes to talk to the Oracle, and they're sitting on a park bench, and all of a sudden, uh, Agent Smith finds them, and a right. million Agent Smiths... And then a million other ones do. ...come yeah. out, and they're all, like, fake and rubbery, and Neo all of a sudden becomes fake and rubbery, and he's fighting them all off, and it looks awful. Like, the the, the, the effects in The Matrix are really good, because they didn't do a lot of CGI. I don't think they had any, really. It was all mostly practical effects and cool stuff. But they went so far to try to do the CGI in the second one before it was ready that we have these like cartoony fights between, you know, yeah. gooey uh, Neo and gooey Agent Smith. And it's well, just there you dumb. go. That's what, that's what Schweiger's talking about. Yeah, it's just really bad. <laughs> Yeah, and even though there's really some is. great stuff in that, like the the scene, the uh, sequence where they're fighting uh, the two twins that keep disappearing, and they're they're in on the high yeah, on the highway. That's a great fight sequence. Yeah, and on the highway, and they're bouncing back between cars and all that stuff. It's really cool, but uh, it's there's just so many other problems with it that that's the only like really great thing. And I don't even remember a goddamn thing about the third one. It was so bad. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, uh, it's it's a shame because it is like I remember in uh, like 1999 2000 watching the matrix about a billion times yeah yeah and about as many agent smiths as there as there were in that scene <laughs> that's right yeah that's how many times and it's so great and it's all about the characters and the acting and it's you know the it, it just it's i don't know then the world that they created which was just so exciting and interesting you know and well yeah they took all the philosophy out of the sequels the philosophy is what i think 
we all got caught up in. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it is kind of like it's it is interesting they compared it to Star Wars because it's kind of like the midi-chlorians, right? It's like we at one point we have the Force and that's like, oh, there's this magic power that exists in the universe and we all have access to it and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, no, actually, it's just shit you have in your blood. Right. And the Matrix was kind of like that. It was kind of like there's these eight people who are <laughs> behind the scenes you know, fighting to save the universe. And sometimes they come into this computer generated simulation. And then all of a sudden there's all these people grinding and dancing at a party. And you're just like, I don't understand. Why, why are we doing this? Yeah. But Zion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just dumb, <laughs> you know, to yeah. le- let us, let us have the mystery. You know what I mean? You don't have to explain everything. Yeah. I'm, I was fine with the matrix being the only movie. <laughs> yeah. I would, and do, you do know that they're working on a matrix four. I do not know that. Yeah, uh, it's due to come out in December twenty second, two thousand twenty one. Wow! Yeah, the Wachowskis are back, uh, back working on this. Actually, it's just one. It looks like just one Wachowski, Lana Wachowski. Uh, so we have that to look one forward Wachowski. to. One Wachowski. Yeah. Well, that's not gonna. It's gonna be half as good. Yeah. Well, we got that to look forward to. So <laughs> great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going back. I have a lot of old school ones on my list here. The Matrix actually was like the most recent of, I mean, not, no, the second most recent of my choices. Well, I didn't mean to out recent you, <laughs> old timer, <laughs> with The Matrix. That's from 1999, <laughs> 20 years ago. No, it's quite all right. So I'm going back now to. Yeah, pick one. Okay. I'll just enjoy some crisp, clean, cool, refreshing Stella Artois. <laughs> After a long day of gerrymandering, I like to beer down with a Stella Artois. Delicious. You should too. Delicious. Okay, I'm going back to 1973. and 73, the year of my birth. There you go. And, and what many people say is the best horror movie ever made. Ooh. Got any guesses? No, I don't know nothing about horror movies, and I was born that year. Oh, that's right. As you, don't, I told you. you don't like The Exorcist. <laughs> I mean, you don't like horror <laughs> movies, but it's The Exorcist. The Exorcist. There you go. Uh, I don't like letting the cat out of bags early either. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> what, what can you do? It happens. Things happen. I, we need to pause and give you a mind flush. <laughs> That's right. We do. <laughs> uh, but The Exorcist, uh, the original movie is great. Uh, uh, you've probably never seen it, but it is. Uh, it's. But I feel like I've seen it parodied so often I don't have to. It's, you know, yeah. it's ubiquitous to the culture. It is. But it's one of those like the godfather that you you know, it it really is better than the parodies like you think you know it because of the parodies but when you go back and watch you're like oh shit that's actually really good um and then in 1977 they they started making a series of sequels um, oh boy yeah did they really oh my they're still making them almost i mean they're fairly recently there's been more sequels to this but anyway the first one was 1977 uh called exorcist 2 the heretic <laughs> and in this one uh uh what's her name uh uh returns uh the uh, linda blair returns to play reagan mcneil the the young girl who is uh possessed in the exorcist uh and even though she's pretty much fine at the end of the exorcist she comes back in the sequel and she's all fucked up again yeah now she's a hot same trouble as detroit in the robocop world <laughs> right, exactly now she's a hot teenager <laughs> And uh, there's a uh, very much like the first one, a, a priest who's struggling with his faith uh, 
is involved, and this time is played by the great one of my favorite actors, Richard Burton. Richard Burton's great. Sure, he is during his drunken stupor. Uh, decided this would be a good film to make, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> steps in and uh, and takes over as the priest, trying to help her. And in this one, there's all sorts of like technology they're hooking her up to, and all this kind of crazy stuff that's just like stupid and ridiculous. To exorcise her? Well, just to like an- an- analyze her. You know what I mean? Oh, trying analyze. to figure out See what's if there's going any on. remnants. Yeah, and they, they hook her up to machines and then she has like these visions and she can tell them what's happening and whatever. It's just, it's so stupid. I got you. Yeah. And then um, we skip 13 years forward to The Exorcist 3 in 1990. Uh, and this one actually uh, was based on a novel written by the guy who wrote The Exorcist novel, William Peter Blatty. Uh, and he wrote another novel, nineteen eighty. William Peter Blatty. Yeah, Blatty. 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 <laughs> you don't like Blatty? Bill Peter Blatty, <laughs> at your service. <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. My Peter Blatty is full. Peter Blatty. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. See, that poor guy. <laughs> oh, I did want to mention the the in the terrible Exorcist to the Heretic. The music is uh, actually done by Ennio Morricone. Surprisingly, uh, one of my favorites. I know, uh, but the third one now it's 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 very similar to not similar, but it, it draws a lot of characters from the first one. So they've now right. now they're trying to go back to the original and pull a lot of the um, the mythology from there. And so we have uh, characters uh, coming back from that movie, like uh, the uh, George C. Scott, who is the headliner in this one, <laughs> plays yeah. plays William F. Kinderman, the detective who in the original movie was played by Lee J. Cobb. Oh, nice. Yeah, and this one takes place 17 years after the events of The Exorcist, even though I'm pretty sure Lee J. Cobb dies in The Exorcist. <laughs> so I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure how that works, but okay. Whatevs. Uh, and it was, it, you know, <laughs> it's just a mess. And so it was supposed to be a film based on this novel Legion, and it was supposed to be that whole story. But the studio, of course, was like, wait a minute. Why don't we just call it The Exorcist 3? <laughs> Since it's a, what? another William Peter Blatty novel, and it's got some of the characters <laughs> from The Exorcist. And, what? and we'll make a lot more money that way. Uh, but it's garbage. and uh, It's a garbage. <laughs> and then it came back again in 2004 with a movie called exorcist the beginning uh and then there's another prequel in 2005 called dominion prequel to the exorcist and in these two uh the role of father Marin, who who was played by um max von Sydow in the original movie is now played by stellan skarsgård so we get a young sexy father Marin Ooh. in his early years uh, you know, in the first, in the in one of them, he's having a crisis of faith, just like they always have in this thing. Sure, sure. And uh, and they're both, you know, pretty stupid as well. There's really not much to to say about them. I, I, the 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 uh, last one, Dominion prequel to The Exorcist, was on television here recently, and I, I put it on for a few minutes, and it's just so bad I had to turn it off. You know what I mean? It's just like. How how dare you? How dare you say this is any part of The Exorcist because it just has really no connection to the original anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, it's it's maddening because the ex- the original movie is so good and full of such much good stuff. Um, guy loves The Exorcist. It's great. 
it's and it's I don't find like people say it's so scary I can't watch it blah 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 I don't think it's scary it's not that scary uh, it's just really good there's tons of good acting in it you know um, all, all of the actors are great it's really well directed I mean it's just it's a terrific movie do you get scared at any movies yeah I do yeah I have not when there's a needle <laughs> that's right <laughs> I have not ever been able to watch uh, Halloween like the original Halloween movie really yeah I remember. Well, I watched it when I was when I maybe when it first came out or something. I was a teenager, maybe, and it just freaked me out so bad. I've never been able to sit through the whole thing. I'd like to go back and try it uh, and see if if I'm like this is stupid. Why am I so scared of this? But it seems like you'd like it. Yeah, it seems like I would. But I just have visions of like you know, there's that scene where she puts the the um, the the hanger in his eye and whatever, and, he, and Michael Myers falls sure. over, and then he sits back up in the background. I'm like, ah, so classic. yeah, it is classic. Yeah. So, but that freaks me out. So, but I, I might go back and try it again. Yeah, I might. Yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah, you missed your window. It would have been great to do <laughs> leading up to Halloween. Yeah, and to this too, you because know? I think the original Halloween is is considered a good movie, and then there's all the terrible sequels that followed it. Oh, right, that's true. Yeah. Good call. Thanks. I'm done on that. You're done on that. Yeah, you can. All right, I'm going to move you into a little movie called The Blues Brothers. 2000. <laughs> Wowzers. Yeah. Now we'll talk a little bit about the original, which is a landmark cult film. It's fun. It's funny. Yeah. I remember it charmed the pants off me as a kid. All these musicians are in it and the music's fun and I just loved everything about yeah, it. Yeah, the cameos are great. Yeah, it's really, Cameos are great. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun, right? I mean, it's not its not the funniest movie you'll ever see or the most exciting, but it's great. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Carrie Fisher shows up at the end with an Uzi or whatever. I mean, it's full and, of fun. And, and who's saying no to That's that? That's right. Right? Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. And then Landis went and did it again. <laughs> he went and just plopped another heaping pile of shit on top of a good thing he made. Uh, and uh, and he made the Blues Brothers 2000. Oh God! And this was like how many years after? It had to be like 19 years later or something, right? Yeah, it was it was like 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. that's dumb. Maybe 18 years, something like that. Yeah. Something in there. Yeah. Uh, it got a 46 percent on the tomato meter, which I think is way too high. <laughs> <laughs> way, way, way too high. Yeah. You know? Sure. RoboCop three got a six. <laughs> Blues Brothers 2000 is no RoboCop 3. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ebert Ebert has some fun things to say about this <laughs> good. one. He says, Blues Brothers 2000 has a lot of good music in it. <laughs> it would have had more if they'd left out the story, which would have been an excellent idea. <laughs> <laughs> the film is a lame comedy surrounded by high-energy blues and some pop rock country music. There you go. John Landis, quote, said, I always thought there was another story to be told. And Ebert's retort was fine. Then tell one. <laughs> <laughs> Both Aykroyd and Landis hated the script for the reboot and felt that the movie was going to be a failure. Wow. And that makes me go, eh, <laughs> maybe don't do it. Yeah, but you know what? They're getting paid to make a movie, not to make a good movie. I mean, right? I, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's a fine line. And Aykroyd does not have the best record, let's put it that way. I mean True. You know. True. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> 
Why is that sad? You have to believe he's a nice guy? What? No, I just mean, uh, no, I mean, I think, I'm talking about his movies, that he hasn't made a lot of good movies. Dan Mr. A- Dan Aykroyd? Yes, Dan Aykroyd. Of Coneheads, no, I... of Dr. Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, look, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Do we? First of all, I don't know if we've ever not cast Dan Aykroyd or not. But <laughs> I'm sure we that have. That should not. happen. All right. Who would they play? Who would they play? Rick and Jay, Tina Fey, Marvin Gaye, and Ethan Bray. Who would they play? Who would they play? Roger Moore, Sean Gabor, Paulie Shore, Boxer Gore. Who would they play? Who would they play? Who would they play? All right. This is pretty easy, I think. This one's easy for you. Dan Aykroyd, yeah, that's that's pretty. I easy. mean, I got a guy. I guess it was pretty easy. Okay. <laughs> Are you say it all at the same time? Want to go yeah. on three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. All right. One, one, two, three. Williamson. W- yes, it's Williamson. That's <laughs> right. That was right. What happened? I missed you there. <laughs> did I go? Did I go quick? Did you go three and I went on three? What happened? No, that was. I, I don't know. I, I just. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Well, way to play along, buddy. <laughs> it's a good thing we weren't having a duel. <laughs> well, it's a good thing for me. <laughs> Not so yeah, good for you. That was what I came up with right away was Williamson. That fits yeah. perfectly. Yeah. There's no there's no doubt in my mind. Anything else would be a waste of his whole persona. Absolutely. I agree. Right? Yeah, totally. But if I may, while I have the page open... <laughs> There's some real bangers here, buddy. Oh, I good. I don't need you bad-mouthing his career. Oh, of, of Dan Aykroyd's career? Yeah. Of, who are we talking about? <laughs> yes, Dan Aykroyd's to, career. Are we playing the top four game here? Well, we got to play the top four, but I don't know. That's not going to help us really point out some of the gems. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get them out of the way, then. <laughs> okay, great. And great. then we can cover this. Okay, so obviously we're going to go Ghostbusters. Right. Good one, of course. Naturally. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, I would have said that too, but no, no. Okay, God, then I'm going. But that is one of the ones I want to point out as a sure. fine performance in a great movie. Absolutely, Ghost, Ghostbusters two. Right. Yes. Good. Okay. Ding good. ding ding. Okay. Good. Now I'll say Blues Brothers. <laughs> well, you're th- you're three for three, buddy. Wow. Except for the Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. One more. Um, well, yeah, but you get three strikes. Oh, that's you fantastic. get two more misses. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, now I'm starting to run out, though. This is the hard thing about the fourth one. The fourth one is always so tough. fourth one's always so hard, yeah. And uh, it really is, too. Is this a tough one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I didn't mean that. I, it's, it's just tough to pull a fourth movie from anyone sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh, Dragnet. Oh, good guess, but no. <laughs> okay, I no, give up. You have then. one more, one more. Uh, all right, then I'll, I'll say Doctor Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's the Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> <laughs> that piece of garbage. I know, right? Made the top four. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess because he was a writer on it, it it somehow worked his way into the top four. Spies Like Us didn't make the list? I know. And that's another gem. It's another one he's really great in, by the way. Yeah. I love that movie. Do you? I do. I don't don't think I've ever seen it. You've never seen Spies Like Us? No, I don't think I ever have. Really? Yeah, yeah. Now, why is that? I don't know. It just didn't look good. (laughs) 
I think <laughs> maybe it just looked dumb, you know. I mean, I, do you don't do you like Chevy Chase and what he did? Sure, I think the pairing of him and Dan Aykroyd seemed weird to me. You know huh. what I mean? Like, like you, you, I always think Aykroyd and Belushi and that kind of thing. It was like sure, sure. Aykroyd and Chase sounds like it's not going to work. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if Chevy had his way, anybody in Chase is not going to work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, All right. So what are these great movies that Dan Aykroyd has done? Well, that that's no, I think we just named them. Spies Like Us <laughs> and Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> okay. Then I, then I stand by my point that he hasn't made a lot of good movies. I mean, Ghostbusters. I put Ghostbusters on the list. That's yeah. The All time one. great. All time great. Yeah. And then his, you know, his work in the new Ghostbusters stuff is great. Come on. Come on. Come on, buddy. What? I'm just saying, get on get on the Ackroyd train. <laughs> there's not a lot of good there, though. It's, it's more, <laughs> there's more chafe there's than enough wheat. enough to keep you happy. <laughs> Should be enough to keep you happy there. <laughs> All right. Jim Belushi was originally set to co-star with Ackroyd and Goodman, but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts, and I want to say it is the only thing that could have made this movie worse. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. He, why didn't Why didn't he just play the Goodman role? Like, why was it not Belushi and Aykroyd again? You know it, what I mean? And, it probably was gonna be, and then Bel- maybe Belushi bailed. Goodman slips in, and then Belushi tries again. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, that just seems weird. Like, there's two blues, but there are not three blues brothers. There are two blues well, brothers. Well, but you know, come what? on. It's 18 years later. We took on an extra blues brother. <laughs> Mom got a little randy in the middle of a blues concert. Next thing you know, the bass player is, you know, talking her up. Yeah. I mean, Aykroyd's autistic. Goodman's 312 pounds. We need a third. (laughs) We can't do it like this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, So, yeah, Belushi. But no, no such luck for Belush, for the other Belush. Well, I'm I'm glad he wasn't in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, this movie is rated number four in Entertainment Weekly's top 25 worst sequels ever made. That was a list in 2008. It earns it, it for sure. And I want to say number four is pretty good. <laughs> it gives it its due, I think. <laughs> number four with a bullet. That's right. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's one of the first time, this is the first time that Landis directed a sequel to one of his own movies. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the other one was Beverly Hills Cop in 94. He did the third one. <laughs> it's uh, it's so funny how these sequels work out. You know, It is I mean? very it's strange. Just, it's just so weird. It's like the first one did good. Then he was out on the second one. Then he was back for the third one. <laughs> right. Well, he didn't think the second one was going to be good. And then they made a lot of money on it. And he was like, hey, wait a second. Well, shit. The idiots are coming out in droves for this garbage. <laughs> I missed out on a big paycheck. That's right. I can make this thing in two weeks. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but Landis, a hero, right? A hero to some? Yeah, I mean, he's, again, mixed bag from Landis, but, you know, he's made some really good stuff over the he years. He has, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he actually has some interesting YouTube videos where he talks about, like, classic movies. Um, Landis does. He does, and he's really good at sort of breaking it down and talking about why they're great and that kind of stuff. All right. And he's, he's yeah, I really enjoy watching him talk about movies, probably more than I enjoy watching some of his movies. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because he is a funny—I mean, he is a funny guy. He's funny. He's got a great sense of humor, and he's uh, very smart. Yeah, I, I, I like so check those out if you like. I will definitely check those out. Yeah, those are good. All right, so I'm going back. I'm going back again, man. I'm going back into the past. Can always count on you to take us deep, <laughs> deep into the timeline. <laughs> That's right. 
I'm I'm going back to 1959. Ah, oh, come on. In the 59? What? Yeah. 59. Uh, you got to forgive any sequel coming out in the 50s. They were still figuring out what it meant. No, no, no. That's not true. Because you think you think that, right? You think, oh, back in old classic Hollywood, there weren't really sequels and stuff. But if you look back, there were. They were doing like they had the Thin Man series and there was the Saint series, Abbott and Costello movies. And you had Frankenstein movies and Mummy movies and Dracula and Frankenstein and Wolfman. You know, there were lots and lots of sequels going on. Are the you doing a brain plus series. right now? <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> but there cool. were lots of there were lots of like sort of franchises back in old Hollywood. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. I stand corrected. So, but this was what not is this garbage sequel from the fifties you're about to tell us about? <laughs> well, this the original movie is from the fifties. Okay. The sequels are from much later. Oh, you're kidding? No. Oh, this gets gets interesting now. So the original came out in 1959. The first sequel came out in 1982. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but that's got to be up there for the longest time between sequels, right? It's a long time. And and there was a... <laughs> I don't know if it's a title. I don't know. Who knows what the record is. I don't know is, if it's an award winner or a record breaker. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the movie was... The original movie was remade in 1988. And then there was even a TV show uh, using the characters from uh, 2013 to 2017. So this thing, you know, that started in 1959, 1960, then was dormant for 23 years or so, and then was just kept come popping up every once in a while, it just pops up again. They try again and try again and try again, uh, but it's never going to uh, come close to surpassing the original. And that, do you have any guess about what this might be? I'm not the foggiest idea. And it is Psycho. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the great movie taking place at the Bates Motel uh, with Anthony Perkins. Sure, Perks. Fantastic perk. movie. And then so, and then in, in 1982, they decide, it's time for a Norman Bates movie. <laughs> we haven't had one of those for a while. For a fucking while. Yeah, 20-something 20, 20 years, 23 years or whatever. So uh, what's his name? Anthony Perkins comes back and recreates Norman Bates's, his Norman Bates character. And now he's like... A, you know, a middle-aged guy. <laughs> and it's, he's no longer like a young sort of innocent dude anymore. Now he's just a creepy middle-aged guy who murders people. Right. <laughs> and it's not fun. You know? Right. There's, there's, right. There's nothing good about it. I mean, the second one, the sequel, Psycho 2, it isn't good, but it, Anthony Perkins is kind of interesting in it. And, you know, it, it's... It's really the the plot involves him like trying to get a job at a diner <laughs> and he just can't help murdering people. <laughs> That's why he can't get the job. Jesus. It's terrible. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's so stupid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's why he can't get the job. So uh, tell me, uh, Norman, tell me a little something about yourself. <laughs> well, I have a mom complex and... Uh, I like to murder people. I like mur. I like. I go a murdering sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that's. I mean, my hobbies are my own. I don't know if you care, but I do go a murdering. Um, what else? What else? What else? I'm a loner. Pretty much a loner. Yeah, I'm good with a knife. So if you need me in the kitchen, I am good with a knife. Yeah, I know how no it works. Shit. Get that through flesh real easy. Ugh. Yeah, well, that's awful. horrible. Yeah, '86 they made Psycho Three, which is like more of the same. 
uh, he, you know, uh, Anthony Perkins is back as Norman Bates again. It's just dumb. In uh, 1987, they made a movie called Bates Motel, uh, which has none of the original characters. Um, it, it starred Bud Court, Lori Petty, Moses Gunn, Greg Henry, and Jason Bateman, of all people. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Really bad. Uh, 1990, Anthony Perkins comes back for Psycho 4, The Beginning. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When uh, the the kid from E.T., Henry Thomas, we all know him, right? I love Henry Thomas. Yeah. Comes back and plays a young uh, Norman Bates while Anthony Perkins plays like old Norman Bates. Okay. uh, Yeah. It's just really dumb. Uh, (laughs) And then, of course, in 1998, they did a remake, like a reboot or sort of a, it was supposed to be like one of these um, shot by shot remakes. Remember this? It was a, it was a big deal at the time. And Vince Vaughn played uh, Norman Bates. Oh, right. Yeah. I never yeah, saw I it, but this. I, because I heard it was a shot for shot remake. Yeah. And Anne Haish plays yeah. Uh, yeah. the woman who gets killed in the shower. And it's a shot by shot remake. And it's just not good. I mean, why, why would you watch it? Exactly. We have the original shot by shot movie already. We don't yeah. need this. It's exactly. It's a strange project. I, I never understood what the point of it was, but um, they put a lot of big stars in it. Julianne Moore, Viggo Mortensen. William H. Macy played the detective. I mean, it's a great cast, but I it, there was just no point to the whole project. I, I no reason it. to see it. It's just like an homage at all is all it is, really. I guess. Yeah. And then there's the TV series, which was on from 2013 to 2017, called Bates Motel. Uh, and I never watched any of that. They really squeezed everything out of this Norman Bates character, huh? Uh, yeah, and it's going to come back again, right? I mean, you've got to no think way. some version of it. Yeah, there's no way we're done with this. No, and it's a shame that it, that that they've made such a joke out of Norman Bates because uh, I do think the the Anthony Perkins performance in the original really does give us a, a a character that lives on and is interesting. And then they went ahead and ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, like sequels often do with good characters. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Again, we didn't need this. We didn't need any of these. No one, no, no one didn't. in, no one in 1983 was begging for a sequel to Psycho. That's right. No, that's one. absolutely right. Yeah, terrible. You got another one? Well, I do, but I just want to keep Dave and Kincannon off my back. So the longest gaps between sequels were <laughs> 54 years, Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, sure. And 35 years, the Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. The Blade Runner sequel, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Those are the top two. And then obviously The Force Awakens was 32 years. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It was 32 years since, I guess, they're compared to Or Star 10 Wars? years. And I I think it's 10 years. I do too. It was, yeah, it's, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Well, you know, you get what they're saying though, right? They're saying from the original Star Wars. From the original Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> That away. All right. Going back to my list. What do we got here? What do we got here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I got a a movie that I loved. I can't tell you what year it came out, but I was very young. I probably shouldn't have seen it. It It's a little racy at times. Oh, okay. (laughs) But uh, it's a fun romp, and it had lots of cool cars and lots of sexy ladies and lots of handsome devils in it. Oh, I and like the sound of this already. I think I know what it is. They were in a madcap race across the country. I love this movie. <laughs> it's great, right? The Cannonball Run. I love the Cannonball Run. Yeah, me too. 
it's a terrible movie, but I love it. You it's know what I mean? it's it just, is kind of terrible, but in the best possible way. It's like yeah. rat packy and funny and yeah, absolutely. Like it it makes fun of itself. It makes fun of you for watching it. It's, it's great. It's it is a great, great movie. It is a great movie. I love. It's like the. It's remember the old cartoon, the Wacky Races. Of course, it's like the Wacky Races for grownups. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yes. they have the stupid call the different cars and you know exactly like the, the hillbilly car and you had the you know the the hot lady car. It's just like exactly. It's, it's hilarious. I exactly. Love, I love Cannonball Run. As do I. The best part of the whole movie, though, I have to say, is when you watch the credits and you see all the the um, the, the bloopers. bloopers. Yeah, the bloopers are fantastic. The bloopers are great. The, yeah. yeah, the uh... <laughs> <laughs> Burt Reynolds doing that. Burt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I did love Burt Reynolds. He was kind of an asshole from what I hear, but man, what a what a what a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a Hollywood leading man, like in every possible way. Totally. Yeah. Um, but then again, then in so in eighty one, the Cannonball Run came out. We all enjoyed it, right? Oh, absolutely. And then in eighty four, they made a sequel, <laughs> which is just, which it is, is it is tragic. <laughs> it tried to be as madcap as the first one, but just didn't understand how to recreate that, and yeah. you could feel it trying the whole time. Yeah, I think it's part of the terrible. problem was part of the problem was they didn't have the the chemistry between the people because like Cannonball Run was like Burt Reynolds and all of his friends. Getting right. together, getting drunk, and shooting a movie. You I know? mean, they <laughs> had that to a great extent in the second one too, but they just weren't—they weren't all on the same page. They weren't right. there, you know. They were all a little, a little more famed up, you know, yeah. and they—they they were just—they didn't have that same energy about them. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't thought about these movies in a long time, and all I can think of right now is that I have these so many fond memories of uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin in the original one. Sure, you know? yeah. And there's none of that in the second one. It's, no, the second very, just, very little. You know, just awful. Just <laughs> terrible. Well, so this, this Cannonball Run 2 has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> which seems appropriate to me. Yeah, it's close to good. It's directed by a fellow by the name of Hal Needham. Do you know Needham. that name? No. Okay, so Hal, this is really interesting. Hal Needham was, I guess still is maybe cumulatively the highest paid stuntman in the world. Oh. Hal Needham broke 56 bones, his back twice, punctured a lung, knocked out a few teeth. His career has included work on 4,500 television shows and 310 feature films as a stuntman, stunt coordinator, second unit director, and ultimately director. Wow. So he did this, and this is crazy. He did Smokey and the Bandit, Stroker Ace, <laughs> Cannonball Run 2, like all of these stunty car movies. Yeah. He just directed them. Wow. Oh, he directed them. How about yeah, that? Yeah, that he directed the Cannonball Run too. That's amazing. Yeah, crazy. That is crazy. As a, he went from stuntman to director. Uh, did um, he, did he did he um? I'm trying to think of the. <laughs> what's what's be, going on? I'm working on something, but I can't well, get to it, and it's gonna. <laughs> I, but you have it, I'm sure, at the top of your mind, and it's it's. I'm I'm trying to get you to know what it is i'm getting at i don't but know if like i do uh, i really think we got to work that brain flush <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week <laughs> um did he get ever get blown up with a girl named Bo? Oh, 
I was going to say he's not the kind to kiss and tell. Is that what you wanted me to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. I thought for sure you were going nice. there at some uh, point. Shit, I should have done it. <laughs> and I couldn't think of the first lyric. That was my problem. Well, I'm there like, it is. I'm like, I'm like, there's Farrett Fawcett and there's this and that. And the other. I was like, who the hell, how the hell does that start? <laughs> yeah, I guess he is kind of like, they probably, you know, based that character on him a little bit. I yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Um. Uh, Ebert says about the Cannonball Run 2, which shocked me that he was sitting through it. This is a little lengthy, but it does kind of describe the movie to a T, so I want to get through it. The clue to Cannonball Run 2 is Frank Sinatra's first scene. But you have to look carefully. The scene starts in Sinatra's office, and we're looking over Sinatra's head at Bert and some other people. At least it looks like Sinatra's head, except there's something a little funny about the ears. Then we see Sinatra. He talks. We see Burt Reynolds, he talks, and so on. Until we know there's something about movie editing techniques, we realize there isn't a single shot where Sinatra and Reynolds are in the same room at the same time. Also, there's something funny about Sinatra's voice. He doesn't seem to be quite matching the tone of the thing said to him. That's the final tip-off. Sinatra did his entire scene by sitting down at a desk, reading his lines into the camera, and then on another day, Reynolds and the others looked into the camera pretending to be looking at him. So that's... That's what this movie suffers from. There was a lot of egos, <laughs> a lot of people just not really committed to the project, probably just wanting to like throw down and have a good time. Are we done shooting today? Can we go drinking now? Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, but that's what made just, the first one work was all those stars in But they all together. did it together and exactly. they seemed like they believed in wanting to make the project, you know? And they were having a good time together. That was exactly. the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this uh, Eber goes on to say this is the movie equivalent of phoning it in. You can't blame Sinatra. Everybody else is walking through this movie, so why shouldn't he? Refusing to appear in a scene with your fellow actors is no worth worse than agreeing to appear in a scene that nobody has bothered to write. The Cannonball Run 2 is one of the laziest insults to the intelligence of moviegoers that I can remember. <laughs> Sheer arrogance made this picture nothing else. <laughs> I wish Robert Ebert was uh, Roger Ebert was around to review Glengarry Glen Ross Infinite. I know. I'd love to hear what he have, <laughs> what he have to say about this. It wasn't even they even bothered to buy to get a writer. They just bought a computer and they put that thing. Are, so, are you asking the question, what would Roger Ebert think? <laughs> that is that is exactly what that I'm is asking. what you're asking. Is it? That is what I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, somebody's got some homework to do. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I love uh, it's, it's, it. Is a shame. I love the Cannonball Run. So I do too. I want to say two more things. Uh, that's Frank Sinatra's final theatrical release, Whoa. which is sad in and of itself. Wow. He did a couple of TV shows after that, but n- no more movies. And uh, I want to say that Sammy Davis Jr.'s character's name is Fenderbaum <laughs> <laughs> in the car race movie. It's pretty great, Fenderbaum. Fenderbaum. And Catherine Box saves this movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, in, in the original one, it was Adrian Barbeau, and I don't remember who the other woman was, but in this one, it was like Farrah Fawcett and Catherine Bach, wasn't it? Or was it not Farrah Fawcett? I can't I th- remember. I thought Farrah Fawcett was maybe in the first one. You're saying no. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong. I have no idea. You it's could been be wrong. Long, I could I'm, be wrong too. I'm often wrong. Uh, and it's been a long time since I saw the original Cannonball. But, so. I know. It does kind of make me want to go back and at least watch some of it. To yeah, see yeah. If I'd I love could, to go back like, and if see it If it stands again. up or if I can stomach it. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it is. I think it would be just as fun because to see Dino, uh, you know, yeah. D. Martin is just like all, so drunk and off the rails in that movie. <laughs> it's just like, 
It's so, so much fun. good. Yeah, it is really good. So good. <laughs> All right, I have just a couple of like also rands on my list here. Great. Uh, one that uh, the the first one. This is the most modern movie on my list. Uh, so it's uh, the original one. I enjoyed a lot. It's not a fantastic movie, but it's a movie I really enjoyed. Uh, and that's Sin City. You oh yeah, Sin City uh-huh. comic book movie. And uh, I think it's really good. Uh, and then they made a sequel to it, which I don't even know if you remember. Um, but it is dreadful, and it's called Sin City: Colon A Dame to Die For. A Dame to Die For. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did see. I didn't. Okay. All right. I'm gonna let you have I, at it. Oh, you didn't hate it? I didn't hate it. I didn't like it nearly as much. But I don't think I remember having like hatred for it. I did. I, I remember sitting through it and just thinking that this was just an insult <laughs> to to the original movie. Take it easy there, Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't even I couldn't even uh, I was like this is it it felt to me like even though they do the same sort of noir settings and black and white and they shot yeah. it all on green screen and yada 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 the whole thing just felt like uh, completely out of the universe of Sin City to me despite all of that. That is crazy. Yeah, and I was just and it it seemed like a uh, like a like a cheap copy, you know what I mean? It was like someone called somebody on the phone and described Sin City to them, <laughs> yeah. and said, "Now make a movie out of that," you know. And it I just, know what you mean. Yeah, the, the the whole thing just did not work for me. Uh, there there are segments. That, what's nice about Sin City is there's all these different stories, and they interact, and they go in and out, and it's like an analogy. Uh, um, help me out. A uh, uh, a movie with different stories in it. I can't think what that's called, but um, you know what I'm talking about. I think I do. Yeah. It's not coming to me either. Oh, good. <laughs> hey, it's not just me. And anyway, and so, but in this one, they, they they don't really play together well, and some of them go on and on and on forever, and it's just like it, the the pacing is bad. I mean, it just, I I I hated it. I mean, I really just thought it was dreadful. Um, I'm glad to hear that you didn't hate it as much as I do. On Rotten I don't. Tomatoes, yeah, I don't. I I remember thinking it's a sequel. It's like you know, thirty percent less good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was kind of like asking for the joke instead of like presenting something that's funny. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's a forty-three percent, uh, and one uh, site's critical consensus says a Dame to Kill boasts the same stylish violence and striking visual palette as the original Sin City, but lacks its predecessor's brutal impact, which uh, I think is a good way of describing it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, because it it kind of. If it looks like a Sin City mil- movie and it sounds like a Sin City movie, <laughs> maybe it is. But this one isn't. This one is yeah. terrible. We've definitely seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they tried, but it uh, to me it just did not uh, did not land. And it's not interesting. As, it's not as egregious as some of the other movies we've been talking about, and that's why I saved it for the end. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll buy that. But yeah, but it's not good. And uh, that's the, uh, the the other one I was going to mention was um, throw it out there. Okay. <laughs> throw it out there. And it's not fair because I I haven't... got one more I want to throw out there oh, too. Oh, good. So, this one, yeah. I've never seen this movie and, and I probably never will. But there was a, a sequel, believe it or not, to The Sting. Uh-huh. Remember the, 1973, The Sting with Robert Redford and right, Paul great Newman. Movie. Great movie. Academy Award winner for Best Picture, among other things. It's love fantastic. it. I love it. I love it. It's got the great uh, musical score. With the Joplin kind of esque music, uh, George Roy Hill directed it. It's a great movie. It and is. Then, Ten years later, they made The Sting Two, 
and uh, it's written by the same guy, which is surprising because it's it's like a copy and paste from the original one. Uh, and but none of the original cast is back, and yet sort of some of the original characters are almost back. So <laughs> in the original movie, uh, stick with me now. Paul Newman plays a character named Henry Gondorf, right? Right. In the Sting Two, the main character's name is Fargo Gondorf, and rather than been playing being played by. Um, Paul Newman, he's played by Jackie Gleason. So, you know, they stuck with the same type. Sure. <laughs> and in the original movie, uh, the young kid is uh, played by Robert Redford, and his character's name is Johnny Hooker. And in The Sting 2, the young character is named Jake Hooker, and he's played by the dynamic Mac Davis. Mac Davis. <laughs> But what I don't understand is why do these characters have the same surname? Why did they do that? Completely different characters. It makes why no, did they do that? I have no idea. It makes no sense. That's insane. Yeah, they had to be Gondorf and Hooker. You know, they couldn't possibly be named anything else, or else yeah. we wouldn't understand it was based on the Sting or whatever. But they Mac Davis. Yeah, Mac da- <laughs> Mac Davis. <laughs> I'm training my the- training my Redford for a Mac Davis. <laughs> 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 nobody's taking that deal buddy no that's right no that's a bad deal yeah so uh yeah and the other interesting one is uh the bad guy doyle lonigan and the original was played by robert shaw right and in the sequel he's played by another alcoholic oliver reed <laughs> who ironically was offered the role of doyle lonigan in the original but turned it down and then came back to play it in the shitty sequel what? I know. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, terrible. You know when you just missed the bullseye? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, Oliver Reed was, you know, just always in it for the whiskey money. I mean, there was really not, you know, he's, he's just in it for the hooch. Look, <laughs> you know, admirable pursuits aside, Bill. <laughs> Guy got the job done. He did. I love Oliver Reed. I think yeah. he's great. So that's my that's my other also ran. That's what you got. Yeah, I just I'm just going to talk about this last movie just because it's such a perfect example of sequels of this era, and you'll know exactly what I mean when I say it. We saw a million of them. We grew up go because our only thing was going to the movies, so yeah. we went to the movies. We saw a bunch of these kinds of movies. I'm talking about specifically <laughs> Speed Two, Cruise Control. <laughs> oh God! Oh my stomach. Not to and and you know I I'm I've never seen any of the Speed series at all. But well, I mean you're you're missing way out. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't see a Speed movie. But that you have an, a, a similar trade here. It's not quite as egregious as Mac Davis for Robert Redford, but there's a pretty. Bad oh, I don't trade know here. if you're saying what I think you're going to say. It's pretty <laughs> egregious. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see it. You're saying you're trading a Reeves for a Patrick? That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's. Pro- I guess m- many people, like in a lineup, people wouldn't see much of a difference, but my heart sees a difference. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, nobody's taking that deal. No, absolutely I'm not. not. Ta- you, you, don't give, you don't show me a Keanu and then offer me a Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No. Now, wait a minute. So, speed the original Speed, of course, was on a bus, right? On a bus. Out of control Cleverly bus. done on a bus. Very hard to do. Very hard to do. They did it extraordinarily well. 
I challenge you to watch the movie and look for uh, the difficulties in making a movie that is this premise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, Hopper, Dennis Hopper is the bad our guy. guy. Hopper is in it as the is the mad bomber. Who doesn't right. love that? That is fantastic, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, pop quiz hotshot. That became like a you know, it's got its own catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember pop quiz pop hotshot? Hot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we were all saying that on the playground. Like that's a good that's a good movie. Right. 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 And I was into it and Sandy Bullock was about as cute as anyone's ever been. <laughs> scared to scared to death behind the wheel of that bus. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Just charmed the socks off of all of us. That was like her breakout movie. Yeah. She became America's sweetheart after that. That's right. Yeah. So like a huge launching pad, huge movie. And then here comes fucking Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> First of all, the title. Buddy. Can we talk about the title for a minute? Can though? I talk about it for a second? <laughs> they take a cruise. So it's called Cruise Fucking Control. No, here's the problem. Cruise Control <laughs> is a good thing. It's a <laughs> Right? Like when you're driving and you're getting tired, you don't want to be wearing yourself out with your foot. You put on cruise control it's great i love well, cruise okay. control we don't we don't we'd be remiss if we said we weren't seeing the allusion to the first film but it's completely irrelevant to this movie <laughs> right that's true too <laughs> it's just terrible <laughs> i don't yeah i don't <laughs> and so uh, so the out of control vehicle and this one of course is a boat this is an out of control luxury liner <laughs> <laughs> So let me give you a little background. We got 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is oh, man. three and a half too high. Two, that's too many <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> directed by a fellow named Jan DeBont. Oh, sure. I've heard of you'll, Jan DeBont. You'll know as he yeah. directed S- Speed and also Twister. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think a huge a huge film for him was Twister. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So they take a cruise. And I, I want to say I got the... Uh, I got... I got inspired to watch the trailer because I wanted to see. I was doing a little Reeves versus Patrick comparison, and <laughs> I just wanted to remind myself exactly what happened. <laughs> and in the trailer, the voiceover goes thusly in one part. I thought it was hilarious. Since we last saw Annie, some things have changed. And then there's a shot of her dancing with Jason Patrick. And some things haven't. And there's a <laughs> shot of a bomb blowing up a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is awful <laughs> so wait did, uh, was sandra bullock in that did she come back and play yeah the, she came back oh wow the, a lot of four of the passengers came back oh my. <laughs> and oh we my and we got a defoe we traded a hopper for a defoe not terrible not terrible. No, not terrible. Love Willem right. Dafoe. Yeah, for Willem sure. Willem Dafoe. Hopper for a Dafoe is like you'll talk about it. Maybe, maybe you know, throw in a, throw in another guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw in an M. Emmett Walsh or someone. Throw like in that, an Emmett you know? Walsh. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, somebody. Um, yeah. So that's that's fun. And then uh, there's a moment in the trailer where. She, Sandy has her, you know, Bruce Willis 
crawling through the thing and he's in the, at the airport in Die Hard 2 and he's like, how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? <laughs> you know, like he has that moment. Right, Sandy right. has one of those moments in the trailer. She's like leaping from floor to floor on this cruise ship and she says, I swear I'm never leaving the house again. Because, <laughs> you know, why does this shit keep happening to her? Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's just coincidence. <laughs> it's really that's all it is you know what i mean bombs keep blowing up around her bad luck that's all it is that's all it's doing and one final thing the sequence where the seaborne legend that's the name of the ship in the film rams into the port is still the most expensive stunt ever filmed in cinema history wow accounting for 25 million of the film's 110 million dollar budget oh my god costing as much as the entire budget of speed Wow. <laughs> and the best part is it was so worth it. <laughs> we don't need to feed the hungry. We can crash a boat into a harbor. Yeah. No shit. That's fantastic. No shit. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That is insane. Yeah. All that Kudos. Work, all that work for speed, too. I mean, why? Why are we doing this? Kudos to Keanu. Yeah. By the way, that will be a new segment on our upcoming <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if only he had known when to get out of the matrix series <laughs> well i mean like you can see him taking a swing at those <laughs> yeah i mean he's yeah he's fine in them you know but i'm talking mean? about every time this guy bring like gives a balloon to a kid like he just he's just all over the world doing this kind of stuff you That's know about true. this guy yeah he's a great guy yeah for he's sure. a great guy yeah he like re he follows people on twitter like he like literally legitimately like if you write to him not everybody, but sometimes he'll be like, he just follows people back, like randomly yeah, he's on legit. Twitter. Yeah, he's totally legit. Yeah. Takes the time. Yeah, love him. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, so get out of here, Jason Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done for anybody? Exactly. You got a lot of making up to do after Speed too, my friend. Indeed. But boy, that was fun to talk it about. It was fun, buddy. To shit on a bunch of bad movies. Yeah. And listen to how Ebert shit on them. Yeah, they deserved it, to be honest with you. Yeah, a lot of in a lot of ways they did. They really did. They did. They did. They did. <laughs> so to close this out, I would like to invite you to sing along with me as we sing What Would Roger e Roger Ebert Think? Will you do it? Uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, we'll be back with more shenanigans next week. And until then, enjoy this musical number. Bye. What would Dodger Mammoth think? What would Dodger Mammoth think? Hate it, love it, tell us to shove it. What would Dodger Mammoth think?